the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 176, recorded Friday, January 2nd, 2015. Not George Clooney. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright, because nobody's fired me yet. Put up ching. Uh, with us this week is Dawn Mead from NetAV, also known as AV Dawn, and the host, uh, or one of the hosts of our AV Social. How are you, ma'am? Very good, thank you. Joined by AV Wesley over here. AV Wesley. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, ma'am. Thank you. You too. Can I ask a question? Just a stupid, totally non sequitur. We have a Maltese at home. That, your, your Wesley, which is a Scotty, looks an awful lot like a Maltese. Why is that? Do you know? Uh, I don't know why he'd look like a Maltese. He's a Westie, actually. A oh, West Westie. Highland I'm sorry. Not Scotty. He, he's the extremely pale cousin of a Scotty dog, okay. basically. No, I don't know. My Maltese a lot of times looks just, just like Wesley does. So. Uh, cute, cute, white, fluffy puppy? Exactly. Basically, yes. Cute, white, fluffy, small dog. So. You and my wife are both those, you know, anyhow. You like, you like, never mind. I'm, I was going to make a fat joke for me and Harry. I am. Uh, George Tucker, save me, please. He's the engineering coordinator for World Stage in the left side of my brain. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Uh, he is, uh, like I said, from, uh, yeah. <laughs> he got robbed, by the way, of the Oscar on that one. Um, last but not least, my favorite my favorite Canadian for the day, at least. Wow, for the um, day. Uh, Matt D. Scott from Omega Audio Video in London, Ontario, Canada. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Good. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, as I said, this is, um, you know, Happy New Year and all that jazz. Um, I refuse to talk about football at this point. Um, but why not? It's so much fun. Uh, it is. Um, as long as somebody beats either the Patriots or the, uh, the Packers, I don't care. So, Steelers will try very hard. Steelers, yes, the Steelers yeah. will try very hard. We like taking out the Patriots. <laughs> Come on, Big Ben. Yeah, well, Big Ben, you know, out. at this point, I'll even vote for Romo. Um, so. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know. Uh, all right. So here's what we did. This is the, the, the year The year kind of, um, the end of the year kind of was, was a little wonky there. And in years past, we have done kind of a best of the week of Christmas, which we did. But we, Christmas, the way it felt every year, so we're doing our year-end review, year-end preview uh, around the 1st of, of 2015. So here are at least my my, my crib notes for, for this show. Uh, a couple things happened this year. We had a number of, of passings uh, in, in the world of AV, in the world of technology. Uh, both Dr. Bose and, and Dr. Uh, Dolby uh, passed away here in the last couple of months, exclusively, not exclusively AV, but Uber AV, uh, George Feldstein, the, the founder and, uh, and brains and, and brawn and everything behind Crestron, uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, 
he had passed his mantle on back in May to uh, to Randy Klein and, and a few others. Um, we did a story a couple weeks ago about Sennheiser, Dr. Sennheiser passing his mantle on. So we had a lot of, of leadership change, right, where you've got um, the old guard going from, you know, reti- into retirement, uh, and we have new leadership and, and how that's going to affect. We also had a number of, of technology changes this year. Um, for me, this could have been, you know, the year of 4K. Uh, unfortunately for Don and I, it could not have been the year of OLED, but we'll get to that. Uh, so, so this is kind of what I'm, I'm going to ask you guys first. Um, so the first, the first go around is this. Uh, George, we'll kick it off with you. What were some of the bigger stories uh, in the world of AV for this year? Oh, good gosh. Sorry, start off with a <laughs> softball question, why don't you? Well, you know, it was that or, or astrophysics, one of the two. I can, I can probably answer the astrophysics. Uh, they found organics on Mars. There you go. And <laughs> water. <laughs> that was what? And well, there was evidence of water, but that was a while ago. That was the other uh, curiosity. What other rovers? Uh, the biggest story. Jeez. <sighs> you know, the continuing emergence of, say, AVB and Dante into systems. Um, you know, I don't want to put too light of a thing on it, but that's going to be a really big change for, for a while. We've been doing other stuff. All the other um, manufacturers are making their own sort of, you know, HD over, over category cable stuff. But having the ability to put Dante and AVB and to prosumer, co- consumer stuff is going to be a really big change. That's something I've been keeping a track on. Okay, so it's the whole networked audio and, and hopefully for, the, for those that are, are, are like AVB video, um, so that's your biggest story is, is the, the networking part of that and the ability to, to send it over, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, you know, from the pro staging side, it's all about, say, again, Dante, but also that we didn't have as many sheds go down this year. Oh. Like you're talking about live. Yeah. You know, remember 2013? Oof, in the summer of that, man, there was sheds going down in Germany and in Kansas. And something it was changed. 2011, also, too, dude. I mean, you remember um, yeah. one of the first – we started this show in, in 2011. One of the first shows we did uh, with George and, and, uh, and Linda Frembis – uh, from Beast, uh, we were talking about that very thing, and with PSNI and and some of the, the initiatives that they were doing to try to shore up uh, some of that, you know, technology and making sure that that the sheds didn't go down. Hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Scott, from your standpoint uh, in the Great White North, what were some of the bigger stories uh, for uh, for AV in twenty fourteen? You know, probably the biggest two that I saw were, you know, delved around 4K and its proposed, you know, new saving of the AV. It's going to make everyone buy new panels, whether they be curved, whether they be OLED, whether they be whatever. Uh, 4K was going to be the big, big, big thing. And it's, you know, it's kind of, we've, we've sold a couple panels, uh, especially in the resi market. Um I think that one still begs to be seen. We've got a lot of, um, who was it? Was it Panasonic that announced just in this past month that they've got a, an 8K that they're going to bring potentially to CES? Sure. You know, so I think we're going to, we're still going to see uh, and continue to talk about new resolutions, even as most, you know, most consumers and even in a lot of corporate worlds, uh, people aren't even running full 1080p yet. Uh, which is kind of the bit of the comedy of the factor to me. The other story, which I, I still think is huge and still evolving and will continue to evolve, is network. 
and literally, uh, you know, it, it's the backbone, the basis of AVB and Dante and all these other formats. Uh, I, I think we're going to continue to see more things that are not only controlled but just completely standalone sitting on the network in some form, some fashion. And you know, it, it's one of those one of those situations where we are going to have to continue as professionals to go after that IT, essentially that IT market, because the guys that don't touch uh, network are going to be left behind. And I think that was one of the the other stories that, you know, again, I'm not really picking one exact story, but I think that's kind of an overreaching uh, aspect of of what's been going on this year. One of the things that that I'm going to ask you this directly, Matt, because you brought up the whole networking thing. Yeah. One of the narratives that that has kind of thread through this year about networking is how people stay up to date on it. How do you get folks that are you know AV professionals who are in their 40s? Or fifties to bone up on you know their network um, their network knowledge, and that's that's a tough one because as much of a science as there is to networking, there's a lot of best practices that are either uh, industry or I'm sorry not industry but manufacturer specific or uh, you know personnel specific. There's a lot of you know just basic obviously every you know wiring standards and all that jazz is definite and and in place but for heaven's sakes I had an argument last week with a contractor over A versus B network jacks and it's like hey, who who really cares just do one as long as we have one I'm happy you mean the wiring configuration yes yes we I had a pinout debate for about 20 minutes on why we were using B instead of A and you know, again, I, I think that that leads to a, a much larger conversation. But to get back to your your specific question, it's tough. Um, I, I know probably the easiest way is to make sure that you're staying up to date and hopefully certified with one of the major networking companies, albeit or, or sorry, whether it be Cisco or you know whoever, trying to stay up to date with a specific company, a specific firm, and trying to keep some form of certification with them will help you stay up to date. If you're trying to do it as a, you know, learn on your own, do it yourself type deal, uh, it's really, really tough. I, I know even like we're Cisco partners and there's a whole bunch of, I quoted a job about three weeks ago where they replaced one product that we normally sell with a new one, that new that new product required 70 hours of training and 30 hours of testing to be able to sell. And it, it just, it hits this level and we were here. So for us to sell the, the replacement for a product that we've sold for four or five years, we as a company have to have someone who takes this certification, takes this, this level to be able to sell it and you know again that's one of those things it's as much as nothing has really changed in that and our guys can go and install that tomorrow we have to have that certification so it's it's something where it's tough to stay up to date because it is it it's not it's not like it used to be three four years ago where as long as you understood the basics and you kinda you know paid attention you could stay stay um, competent now it's something where 
if you're going to dive into it, and personally, I think you have to in our industry moving forward, you almost have to have somebody dedicated to your networking side. Yeah. It's not, it's no longer a part-time job where you've got, you know, a kid or, or whatever, somebody who does this half the time and wires racks the other time. You're going to have to have somebody who does nothing but stays current, stays up to date, you know, takes all the Infocom trainings or, or all the Cedia trainings or Cisco or whoever provides the training, Luxel, whatever. Um, but but fighting to stay up to date because that's where the majority of the issues are running now. It's no longer a, oh, I don't have connectivity on this mic input. It's, why can't I get this server to talk to that server that's supposed to be feeding media to my digital signage board? It's become so heavy networking. All right, Miss Dawn, uh, from your standpoint, what were uh, some of the bigger stories uh, for 2014? Well, I, I think Matt brings up a really good point. Every one of us that comes on this show, you know, we all have day jobs. We all have our own companies and our own areas. And something that is a big deal to me in the pro and government world may or may not be a such big deal to George in the in the live staging events world or Matt in the home resi world. And but at the same time, so so obviously my my opinion on what the biggest stories are are going to be colored by my company's perspective. Yeah. And my company's been undergoing a, a shift this year, which heavily changes my perspective of what the biggest stories are. That said, I'm going to go back to what Matt just said and say the biggest stories in my view from this year have to do with networking because, you know, okay, 4K, 8K, whatever K, 89K, it doesn't matter. It's just like the old days when it was like, oh, this projector is 12 ANSI lumens brighter than that projector. Oh, this, you know, this panel is 12K bigger than that projector. It's just a, it's just a race at this point. And you know, most most people don't care about that 12 ANSI lumens or that 12K. Uh, you know, as as you guys both said, Matt, Matt and George, I believe, both said, people aren't really buying the 4Ks or the 8Ks or the whatever Ks because it's need driven, and what they've got is great for what they need. Yeah. The the well, big stories, in my view, are the networking stories. The fact that some of the biggest, most exciting things we saw at Infocom this year were. EHG, network mm -hmm. ma monitoring and, and management, were SVSI bringing out more and more network switching and network delivery of video. Um, you know, all of these companies, if you look, if you were over in the video conferencing pavilion at Infocom this year, how many of them were actually Codex, a la Cisco and Polycom, and how many of them were virtual meeting rooms, network and cloud-based video conferencing and, and media sharing? Um, same with over in the digital signage pavilion. Sure, there are people still selling little boxes. A lot of the companies are working on software solutions that deliver via the network. And so even though Infocom has been harping on network for probably 10 years at this point, convergence is coming, convergence is coming, convergence is here, there it goes. It's here. I mean, it, it's not yeah. going. And now is when the companies, integrators out there that are listening, if you haven't already started making a shift a concerted effort towards building up your networking side and your network-based product side, you're already falling behind. You need to get off your duff and get doing it. For those companies that are, I mean, that's what my company has spent the last entire year doing is we're, we've been, we've had over a year now of ramp up an infrastructure within the company to get more in that world because that's where the, the AV industry is going. 
And, and Matt's exactly right. You need to have someone with networking certifications on, on board your company. Um, if the specs aren't asking for them already, they will be very soon. And some of the federal specs are asking for them already. So it, it's, it's an area that it just can't be understated at this point that, you know, it, it's, it's here, it's now, it's, it's not something that's coming. It's open your eyes, look around, and then figure out how you're going to react to it. And I think things like that are the biggest stories. Aside from, as you said, it's been a year of transitions within companies with passings and um, baton handovers of leadership and things that, that are going to impact us down the road. But that's sort of the background stuff. That's the industry only stuff. The stuff that you need to know to go out and talk to your customers and talk to your clients and talk to your end users, it's the network stuff. Yeah. And, and if you're not there, man, God help you, better hurry up. No, you it, know, something that, that uh, Dawn touched on, I think, but we haven't really paid attention to yet is IPv6. Mm, yeah. That's where what Matt said and what Dawn said will really come to fruition. It will no longer be just the passing knowledge because everything changes. How things are held, dealt with on the packet level all the way up to how you address things is going to be uh, both simpler and far more complicated. Uh, and for those who may not know, IPv6 is a new addressing protocol that expands the current number of um, uh, addresses available to infinite, practically. I'm sure oh, I've don't heard. say infinite, George. Yeah, well, you know, and beyond. Uh, cool. But even Zadi would, you know, would probably argue with me on this. I was about to say, but uh, you know, it does give us a better foothold on stuff. So that's where it's going to really change, and we're going to have to have a far more intensive knowledge on how things work. To Matt's point, I had to have stuff, you know, and the training to get to that level, and it takes that time and. Same thing in our in the world live staging world as well. You know, we got guys who now have to learn the basics of IP to get a Dante system together and online and troubleshoot. You know, while they're in session, so yeah. it's forever changed. Uh, it's have been happening for the last twenty years, maybe even the last ten attentively. But absolutely, we need to be able to get our staff and ourselves at least up to the basis where we can understand tech support's help. <laughs> well, I, I think this has got to and granted, you know, I've only been in the industry. Uh, you know, for close to 15 years now, I guess. Um, but I feel like this is really the biggest and most profound paradigm shift in all realms of the AV industry. There was, you know, there was a big shift when, for example, staging went from incandescent to LED or started to go that way. Um, there was a big shift when panels went to LED. But this is dramatically changing the way systems are even designed, let alone sold and installed. And I find that, you know, we were, we were most of us, minus George, uh, were at uh, a, a uh, CI summit this year, and, you know, we kept talking about the differences between, you know, my, my generation and how we're approaching the business and what we're doing and how some of the, the older guys that have been in this for 30 years, 40 years, are doing things. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of talk about business principles and all that jazz, but as much as this is new for even guys like myself, the the IP-based system uh, or, or equipment, it's not that new. There was, you know, I grew up with some form of the internet as far back as I can remember. Not that That's not standard for a lot of people, and I think that's part of what has made this shift even bigger is that there's been so many people in in our industry who have just kind of 
hands-off approach to it. We don't want to touch it. This is strictly IT's job. Um, I, you know, I found a bunch of magazines as I've been going through stuff in my house from four or five years ago, and a bunch of the articles were, no, you need a relationship with IT. You don't want to be IT. Just get a relationship with someone in IT. And, you know, I, I think this is still overlooked in our industry, and it's still something that is coming to terms, and we will get there. But there's still a lot of people that I, I think personally don't want to touch it and don't want to be involved in it. Well, and I think that's, that's, that's there's a little bit of accuracy there, right? Um, to, to, just a to, little bit? That's all the credit I get? Just a little bit? I was going, I was going, <laughs> it's a fabulous point. Thank you very much. Thank you. The show should stop now because that was the most cogent no. point we will all ever make. You don't need anything else. No, nothing. <laughs> We're done. We're out. See ya. Um, Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, Merry Christmas, turn? you filthy animals. Um, to George's point, though, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, George, the, the IPv6 goes from the, the, the quartet to six, um, obviously, because it's IPv6, but it goes to an alphanumeric uh, naming system. Is that right? In addition to, yes. In addition to, yes. So, so you've got six quadrants there, plus it goes from strictly numbers to alphanumeric. So, yeah. you know. I mean, a simple way to say it is it looks a lot like an IPv4 address, except you've got something on the extra and then a colon and this nice little. <laughs> well, it looks <laughs> like a MAC address, right? It looks like a MAC address to me. Yeah, or, or the way it's formatted it almost looks like the old way of doing a port. You know, accessing the port. But you know, the government, as as uh, Don would know, the government is going to start instilling this and has to have compatibility. They haven't started really using it as much. Don, correct me, but it has to be there. Yeah, I think that's correct. Mm. Well, and and most of the most of the boxes that you're getting, at least in the last six months to a year, have had. Uh, it, it's it's either it's either a grayed out button or it's a full on you can switch it button to do IPv6 on most of at least most of the AV boxes that I've worked with, whether it's a DSP or a control system or what have you. Um, it's at least been giving us that option. If you've gotten a Windows based machine, Matt can talk about the Mac version. Um, you can do IPv6 on that. Can you do that in Macs yet, my, um, Matt? Yep. Okay. So there you go. So we're, we're ready. Except. It, from a from a hardware standpoint, we may not be ready from a from a brain processing standpoint yet. So, um, all right. So let's let's talk about uh, some of the uh, the technology. All right. So the the fun stuff that we get to to deal with on a daily and weekly basis. Uh, year kicked off with uh, AVB and the Avenue Alliance uh, announcing their very first um, certified product. I almost said they're only, but they at least have one more in the twelve months it's taken. Uh, I, I love those folks, but good Lord, come on guys, let's, let's ramp up this, this process here. Um, so they do have two certified products. Uh, they may have a third one, uh, by now. Um, also came out, CES came out, uh, you know, guns a blazing with 4k, everybody and their brother had 4k. Um, Netflix announced that they were going to stream in 4k. You can download YouTube in 4k and they've announced that they're going to start streaming in 4k. So there's that whole technology there, right? Uh, and then you have the further march of digital and the further death of analog from everything from computers to uh, switches and this, that, and the other. You have, Dawn mentioned SVSI, um, the march of, of video 
over uh, over the network. So, uh, Mr. Scott, we'll start with you. What were some of the more uh, exciting uh, technologies that, that you're taking away? Uh, and it may very well be networking as well uh, from 2014. Yeah, probably the some of the most excited exciting ones that I saw were based on networking. They were, you know, the ability to, uh, and I'm completely, I think it was SVSI, um, you know, transport full 4K resolution video distributed over a CAT6 cable yeah. to endpoints at not a, you know, highly uh, cheap price, but an acceptable price for what it does. And, you know, we're still designing a lot of residential systems with straight up, you know, HDMI distribution systems. And the fact that we are now at a point where there are both multiple manufacturers who are shipping products that, uh, you know, don't necessarily carry the cost of some of those higher end systems to allow us to do things like that and, and essentially get video and audio anywhere, anywhere in a building, anywhere in a house, uh, over a couple of category cables is, it really was the highlight of, of my, my year. Um, and it made us a lot of money too. <laughs> so there's that. There is that. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, I, I was introduced to SVSI for the first time, the first part of this year, and I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, Mr. Tucker, from your standpoint, what were some of the more uh, more exciting things technology-wise? You know, I have to say that it's actually the influx of the mass market automation systems. Mm, okay. Um, simply because watching what happens with Wink, watching what's happening with uh, several established companies trying to turn their established consumer client base into something bigger is going to be a big, big mover. And it was one of my sort of top three stories that we were, we were going to go down the list. Because whether they succeed or fail, their push will give more incentive to those who want to do it. Uh, I was listening to an article on Bloomberg News a couple of weeks ago. I think I called you about this, Tim, about the Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that one of the sponsors of the com consortium for Internet of Things is called, a company called Greenwave. He was on Bloomberg. And he basically made a lot of points. He didn't mention AMX, Crestron, Savant, any of these players. He mentioned Cisco and Google and Apple and a number of other sort of technology players on the side, the guys that make NFC technologies and stuff like that. And his basic premise was, a smart home, mass market, right now it costs fifteen to $2,500 to make that happen. It's too much. It's not mass market. It needs to be 500 bucks. Start. That's a motivation to shake things up. Mm -hmm. That's a motivation to really push at what is it that a company like Creston or Amex or Savant or any of the other players, even RTI, what are they looking for? What's their market niche? Because it's going to become a niche unless they can somehow take that over. Yeah. We'll see if that succeeds or fails in 2015, 2016, but that is a heavy, heavy push from AT&T U-verse to the Wink to the Nest to a number of other things that people have been gobbling up in preparation for something like this. You know, maybe it turns into be the uh, Microsoft and Apple home of the future, and it just keeps rolling on as this possibility that never really happened, but it's something I'm really keeping a tab on. Okay, so let me ask you this: If if and you did call me about this, and you know, I talked about the fact that this guy mentioned Google and Microsoft and Apple and, and Cisco. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then does AMX, even if it's AMX by Harman, uh, AMX, uh, Crestron, you know, whoever else, you, you know, RTI, Aurora, Control Four, whoever you want to throw in that 
um, that control mix, do they have the the do they have the ammunition? Do they have the longevity? Do they have the deep pockets to go toe to toe with Google or with Cisco? If these companies, these big giant technology behemoths, decide that this is something that they want to make happen, um, as much as as you know, we all love and, and admire and, and have friends that work at Crestron and AMX and have used their products and programmed their products for years. I wouldn't give them. Two, I wouldn't put put two cents on them when they, you know, you put them in a fight up against Google. I don't know if that's really a fair statement. Okay, uh, and I'll be short about it because they serve a certain market. There's been sort of encroaching, tiptoey, you know, toe in the water attempts to see what the mass market would support with that brand name on it. We have to remember we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that these companies are still all about box sales. And feature rich may not be their first imperative. It's the basics to work out of the box, to do what it's supposed to do. You know, and as technology develops, again, some things that we thought were only in our purview become simpler and simpler to do. Setting up presets, storing stuff, and having it do it. it look, thermostats that are scheduled are still somewhat complicated for people to do. We may say it's, you know, like grandma not knowing how to change the blinking 12 on a VCR or something in the old days. But it's still, there's a segment that can't do it, and making it easier for them might be the benefit. But they're not going to get a lot of this stuff. But you then look at GoPro, which can automatically record stuff, automatically dump it to the, to the cloud, automatically alert you that it's there, automatically connect your phone to it, and you can have some control vis-a-vis that interface. A lot of that stuff is going to have to be condensed and encapsulated in a way that we haven't seen yet. It might very well force a standard. <laughs> in which, if it works with the Home Depot thing, why doesn't it work with this? Oh, why God, love you. Now, that may very well be where it stops. Because they'll all be fighting for their little square inch and never wanting to talk. But that's where that consortium is supposed to come in. Who knows? There's a lot of uh, work going on to make that happen. And they're talking about that. So it's not an afterthought. But then again, it might be the same thing as CEC. I, I was going to say, I have two words for you. CEC and MIDI. Right, uh, two ends of the, I was gonna say two ends of the same of the same spectrum, right? Uh, the reason I'm also chuckling is is I don't know if I put this in my blog post or not. I wrote about uh, AVB's next uh, iteration. They're they're going after uh, they're they, what they're calling their fourth pillar, which is yeah. the industrial control market, and I I, I uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, you know looked in my own little you know uh, fortune teller crystal ball thing and kind of sort of, you know, hinted at the fact that, well, if that happens, if that really comes out and, and does take place where you can use AVB as a standard, as George said, for control, that could be the, the genesis for something like what, what Mr. Tucker just talked about. So, you know, but if I may, yeah. um, this is a market that incredibly just enamors me. Because, you know, we do a lot of residential uh, and we sell a lot of the more higher end products in that world, uh, especially when it comes to control and, you know, lighting and thermostat control and all this jazz. And I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around where the price point becomes mass market because Nest came out with a wonderful product that originally didn't integrate with anything. So it was standalone other than its... Uh, app, its, its own app, app. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't integrate with anything, did its job great, but it was, what, 250 bucks when it first came out? Yeah. 200 bucks. 
that's that's still an expensive thermostat. Hmm. You know, whether we're talking a Lutron Honeywell or a generic Honeywell or a Crestron or an AMX thermostat, that that's still up there in the the realm of an expensive thermostat. It's still not a you know twenty nine dollar pick it up at Home Depot thermostat. When I know when I walk into the Home Depots here. There are little plastic cards that say Nest on them, and you have to take them up to the lock counter in the back because they still cost so much stinking money. Right. Drop cam's the same thing. We sell cameras that don't do the same exact same type of thing, but we sell a bunch of surveillance cameras that are much cheaper with the same, if not better, optics at, again, a much cheaper price that can still go online. Da, 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 da. Drop cams are you know, pushing 250 as well. That's still expensive. The, you know, even Lutron's new Cassetta um, lighting control system, which is supposed to allow us to get into a house at fifteen dollars to $2,000 and do most main living areas for, you know, 1500 bucks, We can do an entire standard house. That, A, is still a big jump for a lot of people. And, B, the dimmers alone are 65 bucks Canadian versus my... $15, $10 dimmer at Home Depot or $18 Lutron dimmer at Home Depot? Where where does this become... And I'm waiting for someone more intelligent than I uh, to explain to me where this becomes mass market. Do we have to get the dimmer price down to $25, $35 a pop before it's acceptable? But then don't you sacrifice the quality of the product then? I would think you would have to. But that's that's what I'm saying. Even Crestron's new, um, and I'm totally blanking on the name ping? of it. They're, yes, um, their new ping. I like to ping everywhere. Oh, um, even that is, you know, just talking dimmers. Their dimmer price on that is, I believe, two fifty. It's a great price. It's a great product. But at two fifty, I know I can't go to my neighbor today. And say, hey, I got a dimmer. You're gonna love it. It does all this crap. He's gonna ask me how much it is, and when I tell him it's two fifty, he's gonna laugh at me, because it's still a two hundred fifty dollar dimmer. Not, not, you know, not getting into all the other jazz about it. We're still in that that realm where we're trying to sell solutions, but it still a lot of times will boil down to the actual price. Yeah, absolutely. What price point do we have to get to for that to be acceptable? But Matt, I think one thing that you need to keep in mind, and and this is to George's point, is this isn't happening this second that everything everybody's no. going to run out and buy these things. You know, this is an evolution, and it's one that's going to have serious implications for the the pro side of things in a couple of years. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, right now, yeah, you can't go to your neighbor and sell him a $250 dimmer when a $15 one will meet his needs. But the point is, more and more of these home markets and more and more of these individuals that are reading up on the technologies on whatever blog or, or, or magazine, they're starting to get the idea that, you know, for more than what I'm paying for my $15 dimmer, I will get so much return on investment and I will get so much more control, more energy efficiency, or whatever your you know selling proposition is, that they're beginning to change their minds and make it more feasible for these 250, or even if they get them down to 150 dollar dimmers, 
to put in their homes. And, you know, I was on a recent AV week where we talked about this topic and Brad Grimes from Infocom used a great phrase that I'm blatantly going to rip off, but we, we are now in the trickle up world. Hmm. Yes. These people are going to put the $250, $150 smart dimmers and smart everything in their homes. They're going to put the Apple TVs in their homes. They're going to use the FaceTime in their home. And then when we go in there as commercial integrators to sell them a traditional Crestron or AMX or whatever system that costs how many thousand dollars, they're going to look at us and say, but I can do this in my house for $5,000 or, you know, $250 for the dimmer. And so the comparative of scale is, you know, they're paying even $250 at home. They're not going to want to pay $5,000 at the office, for instance. So it's going to play this whole evolution that's happening on the control side is going to trickle up into the pro world and AMX and Crestron and Control 4 and all those guys, they, you, you need to be prepared because it's going to happen. You need to start thinking, how can I make the same quality control systems that everybody has been asking us for for generations, but do it in a way that's more comparable with the home pricing so that we don't have these drama when the pro integrator comes in with my product and gets thrown or laughed out of the office by the CIO who has all the same crap at home, but a lot cheaper. Yeah. Well, and I think they've had a lot of practice doing this in realizing that the iPad is their touch panel, right? Exactly. They've already got there. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not negating it. But part of what I'm trying to say is that, are we not kind of already there to where these are mass accepted products? Like it takes not right now because gas prices are so stinking cheap. But six months ago, it took me a hundred and twenty bucks to fill my truck. That's that's the dimmer for a great you know no matter what system we're looking at. That's pretty easily a standard dimmer in that system. A fuel fill is that not you know again is that not acceptable? Is that not now our our true market? Right, and I think we, I think we already are. You know, you asked the question, when is it going to be as cheap as fifteen dollars? Well, I don't know that. No, no, I, no, no. I didn't ask when it's going point. to be fifteen. I asked, is that where we're now? Is that what we have is to get? Is that the magic to? price? I think is. Yeah, is that the magic price for for the general populace to start saying, okay, this is now open for me? Because to me, it's not. To me, that's ridiculous. I have no problem spending, you know, fifty bucks again talking dimmers. 50 to 100 bucks on a dimmer that gives me all this stuff. Is that not our acceptable level? And, and, and it, I think it depends where you're coming from. With you working mostly in resi and guys saying, well, I could get a dimmer for 15, even if it doesn't do quite as much, for you, it's not quite mass market yet. For those right. of us in corporate and in government where they have the $150, $250 dimmers at home and we want to try to sell them a, a full traditional Crestron or AMX, they see our prices and just laugh and say, what is this? Yeah. So I think whether it's mass market depends on your perspective. And from my end, man, we're already there and starting to starting to get questions like, why can't I just do it this way? Yeah. Well, look at it this way. Insteon, smarthome.com, dimmers, yeah. keypad, $79.99, right? They range with mic switches to dimmers from about 40 bucks to about 100 bucks. Therein lies near to your magic price. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying again, like I said earlier, that the other companies are going to go away or that, but their focus might not necessarily be the mass market anymore, or you will find the remote control or RTI inside of something. 
sort of partnering with others to make that happen so that the name and the brand carry through, but the technology itself, and again, how many features are you going to get? They want to sell boxes. That's all they're going to do is sell boxes off a shelf. So, you know, we've seen the model. The, the, the uh, Best Buy Geek Squad doesn't really work. Um, maybe it will someday, but that's my only point of that is that there is a magic number. It's out there. You can quibble on the quality of Insteon, but it's the same place all those other things are going to be made. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, Miss Dawn, I don't think that you've had your, your chance to talk about the specifically your, your technology that, that, that kind of got you excited this year, and this is where you get to you know lament the, uh, the loss of OLED and all that jazz. <laughs> and actually, here I was just about to say, I'm going to sound like a broken record because my technology that excites me this year is the one that's excited me for like the past 10. And that's it, it's finally starting to come. It's finally starting to arrive. Even with some people saying they're getting out of it, you know, this shopping season, I, I'm looking online right now, I can get an LG 55-inch, finally, OLED for my house, smart TV. It might not be 4K, 8K, or 89K, but I can get it for like four grand. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, if they even went that big, they were like 10 grand, 20 grand. They're starting to get affordable. They're starting to be for realsies. And thank God I've been trying since I worked two companies ago and first heard about this technology to get one. And Harry hasn't quite bought it for me yet. Santa didn't put it under my tree yet, but I'm hoping that this year or next I might finally get my OLED. All right. I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm hoping for you as well because you know once once you get one, then I can convince my wife that we need one soon. Um, all right, uh, as we wrap up, um, you want well, yeah. Go ahead, everybody. You get an OLED. You get an OLED. Wait a minute, I'm not Oprah. Um, the uh, as we wrap up this year, this this uh, this show, um, kind of what we do every year is. Go around the horn and pontificate uh, about what we'll uh, what we'll see in the next twelve months when it comes to uh, when it comes to AV technology, AV stories. Um, as we are recording this um, and posting it, uh, CES is is coming on our heels, and shortly thereafter, um, ISE uh, Integrated System Europe twenty fifteen. So uh, we'll quickly see whether or not uh, any of us are right. Um, so Don, we will do ladies first on, on what you see, uh, coming down the pipe, uh, in 2015. Uh, we talked about it right at the beginning and that's more network stuff. It, you know, this year, as I mentioned, Infocom, the bell of the ball kind of for us anyway, was like the EEG stuff and the, the virtual meeting rooms and those sorts of things. We're getting to the point that I think that's going to be more and more booths, at Infocom, more and more more and more uh, companies and technologies will be bringing that to our field. And I think that's where we need to be paying attention. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, I, I said I was on a recent AV week and we talked about um, print publishing because yes. we were talking about um, one of the traditional online only magazines is suddenly coming out with a print version. Right after we recorded that show, I was looking through some of my marketing things and Joe Polizzi, the founder of Content Marketing Institute, his big prediction for 2015 was a surge in print magazines coming out from brands. Wow. His exact, his exact quote was, as more brands continue focusing heavily on digital, smart brands will realize it's easier to cut through the clutter by leveraging the posts without much competition. Damn, hipsters. So, 
it's, it's, it's maybe not so crazy to think that we're going to be seeing more print magazines and uh and of course more networked things so uh those are kind of my big big ideas there damn hipsters i thought hipsters you were like tree huggers and they wouldn't be into the whole magazine so oh no they're the ones that bring typewriters instead of smartphones yep. wow okay well there you go yeah you know they're all the retro, retro hipsters George could be a hipster. He's got the beard for it. Nice. No, I'm not. I'm too old. <laughs> well, that, that is true. You are too old. For that. I might be an inspiration. There you go. <laughs> you're like you're like we'll the. Uh... Depends, how, depends how skinny his jeans are when we see him next. That'll... No, no skinny jeans. Back in the day, in my young twenties, when I had a twenty-nine inch waist, yes, but no. no. I did at one point too. I was five. All mm. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a fat joke, uh, Mr. Tucker. Uh, yeah, give yeah. me your your prognostications there, sir, for 2015. Uh, you know, I'm looking a lot at sensors, the Internet of Things. Uh, those are sort of my look ahead at the moment. And I mean sensors because we all know what sensors are, but I'm looking for a lot of um, voice command and knowing where you are and being able to understand the proximity. And, and sort of doing the commands based on that without your inter without your uh, interference or having to act upon them. Uh, that's really what I'm going to look at. Okay, that will work. All right, uh, Matt Scott, uh, you have the uh, well, you have the final of the panel. Mm -hmm. I still have my one bad prediction to make. So nice. Um, I don't, I don't really know. I feel like the internet uh, IP-based stuff will continue to essentially pummel the market and really kind of show us where we're going. Um, I don't see in the near too different distant future a time where the only plug we'll have on most of our devices will be a network jack. There won't be HDMI. There won't be composite anything. There won't be anything analog. There won't be headphone jacks. It'll just be uh, an IP uh, a network jack. And I don't know if that'll be this year but I don't, I don't think it's that far off. Um, I also see a lot of issues coming up with security, and I think that's going to be, aka Sony, um, one of the kind of the biggest things that's going to almost, you know, I, I feel like we hit a lull where IT and corporate was finally saying, okay, that's fine, you can bring your your AV stuff on our network, it'll be it'll be cool. Um, I think that that relationship's going to go downhill real fast uh, this year. And I think they're going to, you know, again, just as we talked earlier in the show with people not being certified, not really knowing what they're doing at times when it comes to the network, I think you're going to see a huge backlash from IT departments uh, in all of our corporate projects that we're working on, not allowing AV or anybody who isn't in their IT field to touch anything that plugs into their network, uh, just because everyone is going to get more and more paranoid. Um, and the last thing that I'm hoping to see, I don't know if this is a, a good prediction or not, but I'm honestly, I'm really hoping to see more uh, companies get behind this idea of we provide solutions, not boxes, and we provide services, not low prices. Uh, I'm kind of getting tired of you know seeing people coming in and just trying to undercut everyone because honestly, it, it just makes us as an industry look bad. Yeah. It makes us look like we don't know what we're doing. I know you'll always have those guys that want to do that, but 
you know, I'm hoping some of our, our, you know, trendsetters and, and companies that are actually pushing the industry forward to continue to get away from that, continue to, you know, uh, make our, our industry, our business models, our companies be, you know, of value and not just another big box store where you can buy stuff because we don't need that. We need the, our companies, our industry to continue to provide solutions and not sell products. Hmm, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, all right. If, if I could jump in for yes, two absolutely. seconds. Absolutely. Just to tie up two of Matt's predictions with one of my own. This is where the education and the commitment to working in the new networked AV paradigm is going to come into play is and, and, and be a, a facet of providing services and quality to our customers rather than just low prices. And that's because of things like the Sony break-in and the security issues. I mean, mm. here we're predicting 2015 and what Matt said and was talking about with Sony, we already addressed some of that in classes at Infocom 2014. We had network security classes, a seminar on Super Tuesday I sat in. The entire new Infocom Apex program is built around both implementation of the Infocom standards, but it's also built around some of the Infocom networking documents like the ports and protocols document that most AV integrators don't even know exists, let alone use. And so things like that, things that make us more conversant in IT and allow us to prove that we're not a risk and that we can provide all of these services and all of this monitoring and all of this value without giving, you know, whatever country the, the, the crazy hackers come from access to your system. That's where we're going to find success. And again, if you're not one of those AV companies that's already getting the IT education certifications or training, you better hurry up and get there. And those of you that are pay attention to things like security, pay attention to the Infocom standards because they're going to make a big, they're going to play a big role going forward, yeah. especially if the IT companies tighten down like Matt's predicting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Um, not, not, don't let it be said that, that I, I make you guys go out on a limb and, and I don't join you myself. Here's my two, uh, my two predictions, I guess. Uh, the first one is one I've been Bye. making. Huh? Who's Cisco buying this year? <laughs> they're buying a control company. I don't know which one, but they're buying a control company. And I'm telling you eventually <laughs> these years it will be right if i see it it'll come true here's the thing and and, and, I, and I, I i will hold to this cisco is i don't know from a, a monetary standpoint but let's just say they're not the biggest network or they're not, they're, not, they're not the biggest technology company in the world obviously you've got google you have apple but as far as the infrastructure and the networking and the making this talk to that they are one of the more important ones they purchased Hamburg three years ago now, two years ago now, um, and they've spent the last few years integrating that and turning everything, you know, Tanberg into Cisco. Um, they probably have a good another year of that left, and they're a, a control company makes sense. Um, now, I don't run Cisco. I don't know anybody who does, so, you know, they, they may not think it makes sense, but as far as the way that they've been purchasing things and, and, you know, talking, it looks very much like, like either they're going to buy one or they're going to develop one themselves. And they haven't exactly been known to develop things, uh, themselves the last few years. So, uh, purchasing one, uh, the other thing is, and this is kind of more of a touchy feely, emotional one. Um, I think it's the year that AV gets the AV world gets smaller. 
Um, and what I mean by that is uh, Infocom a number of, of months ago put out an economic report that said by 2016, uh, the Asia-China, the, the Asia-Pacific rim uh, is going to be a bigger market than the U.S. And what that means from both those people, from people for people in the U.S. as well as people in those markets is, yes, your market's going to be bigger than the U.S. Awesome, groovy. You know, you've got a growing uh, market. Uh, you have an opportunity to learn from a lot of mistakes and people in the U.S. market who have been doing this for a lot of years, you have the opportunity to pay it forward, right? So reach out to folks. Uh, you're going to meet people at Infocom. You're going to meet people at the CDS show. You're going to meet people at the ISE show who are from these, these developing countries. Connect with them, right? Network with them. Help them out because you know what? They're going to learn some things and they're going to be able to help you out. So the entire uh, planet is getting uh, smaller every every year, um, and and this I think is the year that that we in the AV industry are really really going to kind of feel that. So those are my two. That's all I got. So uh, thank you guys so much, uh, Don Mead from uh, Net AV and AV Social. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Where can people I find you? Again. If you want to find me, I'm always on Twitter at AV Dawn. Um, this is one of my New Year resolutions, and sadly, I think it was one of my last year New Year re resolutions, but I will be getting the AV Dawn website uh, blog back up and running a little more. But I'm also promising, and I, and I have three other board members here listening to me say this, I am promising to actually contribute a blog or two to AV Nation's blogs this oh, year. No. I know. I, I'm like, I feel guilty writing for AV Nation when I won't even write for my own blog, but uh, I'm a concerted effort to make make more time this year put down a few words and and realize to myself that I don't have to write a dissertation every time I write a blog no ma'am and uh, I like I like to talk and I like to write and I just get really verbose and just keep going and then I get hypercritical so I, I will be updating that but hypercritical of herself just for the record that's what she's done yeah yeah yes uh, you know just keep an eye out on avnation.tv and avdawn.com and hopefully there'll be some new info there okay do just for the record, Don, the average length of my post is like 300, 350. So. And, and if you read back through some of the novels I've written in AV Dawn in the past, <laughs> you'll see why it takes me so long to come up with and, and post things. But. All right. Uh, Mr. Matt D. Scott from Omega Audio Video, uh, as well as, well, our webmaster for one, uh, and our marketing guy and everything else. He makes me look pretty, which is not an easy job. So, hours of Photoshop. Hours of Photoshop. Hours. Stand next to him. I, I was going to say, you know, you you <laughs> suck at your job because I'm nowhere near pretty enough. But go ahead. Have you looked at some of your headshots? I have. Heard? They're very nice. They're very nice. Um, That's not George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> little hair, little Looks a little bit too much like John Goodman, if you're asking me. But um, he was a great guy. Though. He was an awesome. He's a great guy. He is. Um, where can people find you, sir? Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. You can either Google my name, Matt D. Scott, or hit pretty much any social media uh, area, Matt D. Scott. It's pretty simple. Twitter, Facebook, Google+, uh, Pinterest, if you're feeling crazy. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, and last but not least, George Tucker, uh, engineering coordinator for World Stage and a whole lot of stuff here at AV Nation. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and everybody have a good holiday, a happy new year. Be safe. Yeah. No drinking and driving, folks, huh? Too much of that nonsense. 
You can find me though. Uh, Tucker Twos, Twitter. Tucker Twos, almost anywhere. Social media. Uh, I'm also on Commercial Integrator, Tech Decisions Magazine, various and sundry other places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess you could follow me on Twitter. I'm not sure why you would want to, because at this point, I'm just gonna yak about the bear sucking. So, uh, but go by the website, because like I said, Matt does a fabulous job, and and Josh Rago does a great job edit, you know, being the editor and. I'm not even sure what I do at this point, so I just kind of show up. Uh, avianation.tv, avianation.tv, you will find this program and a host of others. Uh, tons of new ones have come down the pike uh, in, in the last six months, um, and we've got some really, really cool and really, really exciting things uh, coming down uh, 1st of January and February. Obviously, we're going to ISE 2015, and, and thank you all that, that gave to that. Um, you know, George and I get to hang out in a, you know, a, you know, apartment in Amsterdam for three or four days and then fly back. So Neto too. And Neto too. And mm. Bill O'Donnell. Bill O'Donnell's paying his own way. God love him. Uh, and is helping us out. So that's, that's just crazy to me, but, uh, uh, good for, you know, that's, that's awesome to have him. So yeah, that's coming down. Um, we're going to have a brand new episode of AV crosstalk, uh, very, very soon. And let me just put it to you this way. Um, you don't want to miss this. This is two um, significant women in AV that are going to go at it. Not like you know meanly, but but it'll it'll be a good it'll be a good discussion. So, uh, but yeah, check it out avnation.tv avnation.tv. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy your 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 2015. Thanks much. This is Tim. Bye bye.